And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of the Truth Radio Show. Outoflimitsradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. What if I told you there was a job that you could apply for where if you got it, most of your family and friends would look at you like you're weird and you'd probably be a social pariah. I'm sure your answer would be, wow, this is fantastic. Where do I apply? <laughs> the job in question is being a vocal advocate of freedom. And our featured guest has been doing it for a long time. She's making a third appearance on the show and a lot of things that she's been doing have been causing wonderful change, much needed change. But she can't do it alone. And we can't just depend on our featured guests and people like Ron Paul and James Corbett to do all the heavy lifting. We need more people. We need more passionate advocates. Now, before you get into the game, I want to ask you and say that, well, bring to your attention that I would focus on liberating yourself, making sure that you have personal freedom with inside. So it's more mental, more spiritual, liberating yourself from the opinions of others. As soon as you stop caring what other people think, it is a tremendous liberation. And you'll need that because once you start going against the grain and you become one of those people that is not by the book, you're going to get some resistance. But then you look at the greater picture and do you want to live a life where you know that what you're doing is a lie? Maybe you'll have more friends, but how real are those friends? If you're standing by the truth and you're fighting for what is right and what is real, what is truly important in this world, yeah, you may not have that many friends, but at least the, you know you're, you're living a truth. And the friends that you do have, I assure you, the people in this movement, the bonds that are here are unlike anything other I've ever experienced before. Let us begin tonight's show. It is a great pleasure to welcome back to our show, Rhodes Scholar, former advisor to the Clinton-Gore campaigns, author of eight New York Times nonfiction bestsellers, and a bona fide freedom warrior, Dr. Naomi Wolf. Learn more about the Dr. Wolf by going to her website at dailycloud.io. Dr. Wolf, welcome back to our show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to talk to you again thank and you. your audience. Oh, thank you. So there's a little bit of a background about Dr. Wolf I want to bring to everyone's attention because uh, if you're experiencing freedom right now, she's a very good reason why, and I'll explain. <laughs> so they started rolling out these evil things called vaccine passports and as they started doing it i suddenly started hearing the theme song holding out for a hero by bonnie tyler it, it just started <laughs> we started hearing it all over and i was like where is this music soundtrack coming from i looked all over and i found it the source of this music was dr naomi wolf's twitter account because i you just were relentless you you're like no way uh, can you please explain uh, to our audience why you pushed so hard against these vaccine passports? What was at stake? And 
is the fight over yet? Or are we still in dangerous territory with this? Sure. So thank you for asking. It is a, this issue and, and the issues related, um, like, you know, will we get transparency about the Wuhan lab origins and like, can we get the masks off our kids? Can we end emergency law? Uh, can we, you know, never let what what happened in 2020, 2021 in terms of restricting all our freedoms happen to us again? Those are the, this is the fight of our lifetime. I mean, this is, you know, every generation has its battle and this is ours. And if we don't rise to the occasion, our children are going to be, you know, living in a reality much like communist China. And it's that simple. So the reason I sounded the alarm very early about vaccine passports specifically is that um, I, you know, I'm a tech CEO. I run a company called Daily Clout and we build digital products. So as a result, I understood immediately what was being proposed and how dangerous it was when um, all these kind of, there was a campaign really, these things are all PR campaigns, very highly funded you know, they started to kind of send out the trial balloons of, well, you know, the ticket to our freedom is for everyone to get vaccinated and then have this vaccine passport that will allow you to have a party. It'll allow you to go to a Broadway play, you know, whoopee, you know, like this, they're, they're, they took our freedom hostage and now they're trying to ransom it back with a vaccine passport. And people, reasonable people I know, like smart especially liberal people, unfortunately, were like, this sounds reasonable, this sounds fine. Well, you know, since I build these products, I understand that a vaccine passport is the end of all human liberty immediately, like not in some science fiction future, but right now, today. And by the way, these passports are not someday. Um, Oracle, Salesforce, and Microsoft united to already build it. And IBM has built the one that is in use in New York State. It's called the Excelsior Pass. Um, they're, you know, demoing another version in uh, Southern California. And Europe just an- announced yesterday, following the uh, G7, that 12 countries were getting together in a vaccine passport. So this has been the end goal, you know, all along. And everything else, I believe, has just been a means to the goal, intentional or accidental. This is a fantastic opportunity to take everyone's freedom forever and uh, make, you know, three or four tech companies unbelievably wealthy and masters of the universe. So now quickly, why they're so dangerous? Um, they, you don't have a choice to opt in or opt out, right? You're opted in. And then you can immediately switch on other functionalities like geolocating so that whoever uh, has the contract for the vaccine passport knows where you are at all times. Um, They can create networks out of your friends so that when you get together at a bar or a restaurant to talk about, gee, how do we lobby to end this vaccine passport nonsense, they will know exactly who you are. They can add an AI component to scan your social media so that you get a social credit score, depending on if you talk Republican or if you talk Democrat um, or talk environmentalist or, you know, anti-vax or, you know, whatever the metric is that they're setting. They can switch on your access to public transportation and switch it off. And, you know, already the one that Microsoft, Oracle and Salesforce have created, they already are embedding it in Google Pay and Apple Wallet. Like that's what they proposed in their own 
marketing material. So what that means is if your social credit score drops too low or someone doesn't like you or you're on a list or you say the wrong thing or you run for office, you know, and threaten someone's power base, um, your PayPal or your, you know, small business revenue can be switched off or deplatformed. And if you think that's science fiction, we know people in the activist community who are already being deplatformed from MailChimp, deplatformed from um, their payment processors uh, because of their political views. So it's it's terrifying. And Israel actually launched it before other countries. And within four months, um, activists were saying it's a two-class society. Uh, it's apartheid. It, there's no more equality. And, um, and, and it was catastrophic. So that is why I, I've been sounding the alarm. So I really appreciate what you did. Uh, yeah, I've watched a lot of your interviews. You did. You, you went on a number, numerous numbers of shows. I imagine shows you probably wouldn't have thought you would be doing. But I'm glad you got people fired up about it. And when thank it comes, you. thank you're welcome. And you mentioned how dangerous these vaccine passports are. Some states have banned them in the U.S. And it's it's kind of weird. About four months ago, I thought the U.S. was really going hardcore here, and I still think we're we're pretty bad. But compared to Canada and compared to Australia, wow! I mean, we're in yeah. Disney World compared to that. Because we actually have had states that have opened up. We've actually have had states that have decided to ban the vaccine passports for right now. So when you see states like that doing this and they're, they're saying that there's no way businesses can accept this and there's no way you can be denied to go into school with a vaccine passport, does that give you hope? Do you see uh, an actual momentum shifting in the opposite direction because of things like that? Well, Ryan, here is where I want to say very firmly that didn't just happen. Um, you know, three months ago, even, uh, I think most legislators did not understand um, what a groundswell of, uh, of hostility there was among their electorate for these um, vaccine passports. Even the electorate didn't understand. Um, and uh, what happened was a huge, huge, huge uh, organization campaign, and I've got to credit, I have to say, my, my company, Daily Clout, and the many thousands of Americans who signed up for the Five Freedoms campaign, where we hired a lawyer to draft model bills. And one of the model bills was a no vaccine passport bill. And so, um, you know, we we asked people to send these bills to their state reps and say, please sponsor this and to call their state reps and to, you know, mobilize. I spoke to 60 legislators in Maine. There was a rally. Um, I was invited to testify to the Michigan legislature. I worked closely at the request of a constituent named um, Luna Singer uh, with uh, Senator Kim Thatcher, by the way. She's the reason I got deplatformed because I was posting her press release about her bill to ban vaccine passports in the moment that I was deplatformed from Twitter. Um, and so it was a massive ca campaign of citizens saying, heck no, not on our watch and and showing that there would be a backlash. And I have to say, having been a political consultant, this is the only thing that works. You know, we did this in America and it's not over. But this scared people. Right. It, it, it sent a message. Unfortunately, it was Democrats. I'm a lifelong Democrat. We heard in state house after state house that the Democrats were like a wall against collaborating to end vaccine passports. And that's because big tech is really funding, you know, uh, the Democratic Party to, to do this because it, the, the data are so valuable. 
Um, so there were like top down orders, really, that we were hearing uh, to the Democrats at the state house level, you know, to go ahead with the vaccine passports and not to not to collaborate. I'm really sorry to say that, but I have to be honest and love my country more than I love my party right now. Um, but it took this huge effort. And, and in Canada, they don't have that. In Britain, where they're even worse off than in Canada, it's all terrible. They don't have it. In Australia, they don't have it. So it's citizens learning uh, how, to, you know, how to lobby, organizing, using, I'm glad to say, the Daily Clout platform, among other you know, organizations and other groups um, who are also oriented toward this, but, but really showing elected officials that there will be hell to pay if they you know, continue to uh, go in this direction. And by the way, the fight is completely not over because even those nice headlines, you know, um, this state bans vaccine passports, or this executive order bans vaccine passports. If you look at the fine print, and we've been deep in the weeds with legislators about this, there are often gigantic carve-outs. For instance, they'll, they'll say, okay, if you're a government contractor or a government agency, you can't ban them. But that, and that's what Joe Biden really said. But then it leaves a gigantic opportunity for the private sector to discriminate. And we're hearing about that, even in states that, where the, you know, there's an executive order uh, banning vaccine passports by the government. People are saying, my 19-year-old daughter wants to go back to campus in the fall and they're forcing her to have a vaccine or she doesn't get to go to a private university or you know these nurses in texas texas is a very open state uh and 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 they've said no vaccine passports but a houston hospital is forcing nurses to sue them because they're forcing them to take this experimental vaccine and i am not an anti-vaxxer i have all my prescribed vaccinations my children are vaccinated you know i would I, if my dog needs a vaccine, I will vaccinate my dog. But, you know, this is an experimental procedure. And even if it wasn't, we have laws in this country that make it illegal to coerce people to get a medical a procedure of any kind. And it's illegal to even ask them their medical status. So these, these uh, coercions violate the law in many, many ways. Um, and there are a lot of lawsuits going through now, but it is absolutely a fight because there are sneaky, sneaky bills that give great headlines, but, you know, a uh, huge opportunity for, for the private sector to keep doing bad things. I'm worried about what they're going to do. I'm really I'm concerned. And I do see sparks once in a while of people that are standing up. And I feel like the people that are standing up, they carry a, a considerable amount of power. I don't think people realize how strong they are. Because when I watched um, and I observed that you were doing interviews and I observed your passion, I saw that, okay, well, Dr. Wellspring in passion, and then you're getting other people passionate. And then with each person, like that passion kind of rises. And I think when you have that tireless minority of people that, that are focused, the other people, I don't care how many there are, I feel like they're, they're weak. If, you're, if, they, if you have collective groups of people and they happen to be in the majority and they're not willing to participate and they're willing to be run over, which I think most people in this country sadly are, the tireless minority I believe they can prevail, especially if they're relentless and they take a lot of initiative. Based on what you've seen and what you've learned for thus far in this fight, what are some effective tactics that people who believe in freedom, who believe in uh, their bodies, their own temple, what can they do to promote freedom and uh, you know, stand in the fight against these vaccine passports? Right. Well, before I answer that, I just want to speak to what you said, Ryan, because um, you know, I'm, I'm very much living this right now. 
you know, I did the right thing for, you know, I, I believe, of course, for, you know, my country, for the Constitution, for my fellow men and women and children, especially, you know, I spoke up about this, but there has been a cost, you know, I am very privileged, and I have a, a big platform and, and, you know, I'm not, you know, living hand to mouth as a single mom the way I was for 12 or 13 years anymore, you know, I have a little bit of comfort, I have a, a, a family, um, but this I have been punished, you know, like I was deplatformed from Twitter uh, for this, probably for the effectiveness of the Five Freedoms campaign, um, as well as for posting information about uh, Dr. Fauci funding gain of function research. But that's another discussion, probably. Um, I, uh, you know, have have lost, uh, you know, supporters of mine who love me have said that they're scared to speak up for me on social media because they're scared of being deplatformed. Um, you know, it, 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 it's affected my business, which is based on uh, social media access. And it's horrible. Um, it's not fun. They are really, they're organized attacks on people like me. And I hope not people like you, but influencers these days who challenge the, uh, the relentless um, pressure to consolidate power in the hands of just a few bad actors. And so I guess what I wanted to say, you know, in response to what you were saying is people have to stop leaving it to people like me, right? Like I'm sick of it. I mean, honestly, I'm at the end of being brave. You know, I've been brave and brave and brave and brave. I need other people to step up, right? Like people do kind of go near me or whoever, you know, go, go this leader, go that leader. And we all need to be leaders. And I've always said that, that now more than ever, don't give me this, you know, expletive, right? Like, don't say I really support what you're doing and then say, but I'm not going to speak out because I'm scared of losing my job. I'm scared of, I mean, the number of journalists who've written to me saying, I really support what you're doing, but I'm not going to cover it because um, I'm scared of losing my job and it, I have to toe the party line. It's extraordinary. And I, I just want to like say to all these people, you know, read some history because the collaborators never do well right? Like everyone's going to have the same catastrophic future and their kids will have the same enslaved future unless everyone gets brave now. And, and because history shows that only, as you say, when there's mass peaceful resistance, mass courage, that is the only way to, to thwart this small group. But if you just leave it to us, you know, brave, lonely souls to be picked off one by one, it is not going to work and everybody will be enslaved. Please, I really struggle to hear that because I don't know, Dr. Wolf, I see the masses of people. There seems to be like a general lack of critical thinking. And I know that in the last couple of years, at least in the U.S., there's been this bitter divide. Oh, you know, the Republicans and the Democrats, they're, they're bitterly divided and they're fighting and it's very emotional. And one thing I, I, I've never been able to understand is I don't understand why a person would say, okay, well, if that my fellow human being does not want to infringe upon me, does not want to harm me or steal from me in any way, shape, or form. What else is there? If you don't infringe upon right. another person, why can't – I feel like that's, it's so simple. Yet people believe right. it because they believe in one thing and another person believes in something else. They've got to be mortal enemies. And I feel like the, um, the powers that shouldn't be are, utilize that and they pit people against each other. So this idea that it's, 
it's going to be such a challenge for people to come together. I can't. I don't understand how. Why it's so difficult? It seems very simple. Maybe it's so simple that people are looking for a more complex answer. How do you see it? How do you see, generally speaking, people could come together? Do you think that things have to get progressively so bad that everyone is in misery together that they walk out together, or maybe there is a critical thinking moment or an event where you know people just kind of have an aha moment or there's a hundred monkey effect maybe you have people <laughs> like you and another person and you've got a hundred people and then finally the the collective tribe of the united states wakes up i mean how do you see it happening oh gosh well i mean you did ask how can people help and i can't stress enough come to dailycloud.io you can sign up for free as a subscriber you can support us as a member um, and download those draft bills and lobby your state rep to, you know, not just ban vaccine passports, but the other draft bills, the no mask mandates, open schools now, um, freedom to assemble, no more emergency law. Like 48 states are still operating under emergency law. And it is a fight, you know, to end that. Like Pennsylvania just ended emergency law. Um, we're working with New Hampshire to reform emergency law. But like, you know, this is America. We're not supposed to be uh, living under tyrants at who at the at the state level or at the national level. Um, this has to end. So that's what you can do to help. Um, in terms of the division, Ryan, you're a hundred percent right, and it's honestly gotten so much worse in my lifetime. Like I remember in the '90s, and even in the you know 2000 you know aughts, um, the country you know, there were Republicans, there were Democrats, there were independents, but we all talked to each other. And no one thought the other side was, you know, just a bunch of psycho baby killers or just a bunch of, you know, fundamentalist misogynists. You know, there was a sense that we were all Americans and, and we could have discussions. Um, and, and there were even like TV shows, you know, uh, like Crossfire, where we talked to each other. Um, that has been, I agree with you, intentionally splintered. Um, we haven't talked about China, but I'm completely persuaded from primary documents that I, I've seen. Uh, you know, my husband works on this. He's a private investigator and his colleagues work on it. And they've shown me extraordinary uh, amounts of material confirming that, you know, the Chinese Communist Party is trying to divide us, right? They're trying to isolate us. Um, and other bad actors are. And the last thing I want to share is, you know, lockdown, right? The last 14 months we've been told you have to stay inside. You have to stay inside. Same. You have to do all your communicating on social media. And that creates a perfect environment for tech companies to create algorithms. And this is not science fiction. It's how it works, where you only see reasonable people on your side of your the divide and horrible news about the other side. And I only see you know, a mirror image of that. And we never get to like meet on a golf course or go to worship or, you know, go to a baseball game and have a chat with people who don't agree with us. So this is a recipe for uh, destroying a culture and destroying a nation. And I think it was intentional. I mean, look at the, the numbers. The tech bros are up double digit billions in the last 14 months. And um, Amazon is up triple digit billions uh and and all of us are more divided than ever more weakened than ever we can't even gather in most states you know in a town hall to you know plot how to rebuild community it, it destroyed our culture as americans 
And that was intentional. Um, I'm glad you really pointed that out. It does seem very intentional. because, And it, it's weird that it happened in all these other countries. So I, I, I wonder if it was coordinated, if it was, if it was a global coordination to try to, to destroy culture. Because it, I kept on seeing this logo called Build Back Better, and I was seeing it in the in the presidential election. I was also seeing it all over the world. I'm like, well, there's got to be some kind of tie that they're all u- utilizing this. And some people we've had in our show said that the economy was intentionally destroyed in order for them to, to kind of put us on some kind of digital currency where they would really control everything. And it was part of what you were saying before, like the tie-in with a vaccine passport. Ultimately, well, they'll totally uh, trap and control humanity to the fullest degree. There's a little bit of hope, I see, that maybe the best laid plans go to waste. Maybe these people aren't as intelligent as they perceive themselves to be. And granted, they're evil, that they're pretty cunning, but I don't know if they'll be able to pull it off. Is there anything that you would observe from what you've seen where the ferocity of this evil that is being perpetuated not only upon Americans but the world has some cracks in it because the people that are launching it haven't thought everything through. Is there some kind of weak points or weak areas in their in their rollout that maybe could indicate that part of their evil plans could collapse upon themselves because of a lack of competence or a lack of foresight, not realizing the true nature of what humanity is about, that there are some pockets of people that will stand, will fight back, and may even um, not uh, stand to their death and will not tolerate this. Oh, you're asking a tough question, Ryan. I mean, at the beginning of all of this, people were saying, great reset, you know, this is a massive global plan. And I was like, oh, please, that's just a bridge too far. But unfortunately, I have seen enough primary documents, you know, and the mind boggles, right, that this could be possible. Um, But I've seen the, you know, event 201 um, documentation and I've, I've seen the World Economic Forum plans to kind of, and it's on their website, right, control all of society sure. via, you know, the vaccine uh, management and medical management. And I've seen China's plan for 2030, you know, by which they want to have everyone's DNA and have um, control of the world through, uh, through managing people's genomics and managing their medical needs and their DNA. So these are real things. And, um, you know, and I like these are also people I know, right? Like I hang out, I, I've been to the, the you know, I, I've been to all these entities. I've been to these dinner parties. I know people in the World Economic Forum. I know people who hang out with Bill Gates. I like I, I, I'm in that world, right? So I'm kind of a class trainer in a way because <laughs> I, I, I'm in that world and I kind of tell the secrets of it. Um, so this yeah, I think it, this, I didn't want to believe it, but it seems clear that they are using the same talking points. You know, I get information streams from all over the world about these issues. And, you know, the same week that, that you know, Britain's targeting vaccinating 11 to 15 year olds, uh, you know, Canada's doing the same thing. Israel's doing the same thing. Australia's doing the same thing. You know, the same week that they unveil quarantine camps, you know, it happens all over the world. Um, these people are all kind of members of the World Economic Forum, you know, young leaders community. And, you know, this is real. Um, it's it's a little bit less. I think there are like three sets of bad actors. Right. And their interests are kind of aligned, but not completely, which gives us hope. But um, I think China is 
huge, right? And I think the World Economic Forum is using China kind of as a cat's paw to basically export tyranny all over the world um, for their own purposes. Um, I think that the tech bros jumped on the opportunity provided by the pandemic. And that's why whatever Mark Zuckerberg said to Dr. Fauci is so important. I think you're going to see a lot of communication and coordination of the tech bros to exploit the, the pandemic and make it last and hype it and hide any documentation of things getting better. I mean, the data are horrible and the tech bros are responsible for that. Um, and then lastly, there's pharma, you know, which obviously has its own interest in a mandated, um, you know, vaccine that gets booster shots every year. And, you know, people are, I mean, basically there's a huge market in telling people that they don't have an immune system and that they have to buy immunity from pharmaceutical companies for the rest of their lives, right? It's crazy. So all these bad actors are involved. And, you know, you're asking me, you keep asking me, like, will we be okay? And I, I guess, you know, after what I've been through, I kind of am, am done reassuring anyone. We're not going to be okay if people don't peacefully rebel in massive numbers. We're not going to be okay. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you, but it's a matter of time before, you know, my YouTube is frozen. I can't upload video, right? Twitter is gone. Um, you know, I like hundreds of people are saying, I love you, but I'm scared to support you, right? This is happening to Dr. Martin Kohldorf. He was deplatformed. He advises the CDC, right? He's one of the great epidemiologists at Harvard. It just happened to Simon Gadecki, a friend of mine who broke the PCR test story. You know, it is not okay. It's 1933. And so I'm not going to tell you that these people will mess up or you know, make a make a misstep because they are gaining ground. We are not winning. You know, it is it is not going in the way in the way that it it should go. And after a certain point, you know, we become like the the, the messages I get from Britain are heartbreaking. You know, that was a free country that that has a liberal tradition of freedom. I don't mean left wing. I mean like open. You know, free speech, parliament, open democracy. Going back to the Magna Carta, and they are propagandized. They're terrified and they're being told, oh, wait till Freedom Day. Oh, can't have it on June 21st. We have to, you have to wait another month. They're never going to get their Freedom I Day. Know, you know, people in children, children in Canada are being told no mask, no voice. Right. A little boy that I love in Massachusetts is being, you know, planning to go to sailing camp and he has to wear a mask sailing on the water it's <laughs> so, insane you know, this is not yeah. okay it is yeah. not okay and i'm not gonna like i've been very um i'm not trying to kind of like be a, i'm not being emotional but i am realistically saying this is the cliff right we've been at the edge of the cliff for so long this is over the cliff and you know it, it is it is there's no time you know anymore like people in america because of patriots you know like you and me and the people we know we've held back the tide yeah. barely you know by by working flat out day and night but it 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 cannot be held back any longer if other people don't join us i i and if i guess if we go over the cliff it's going to happen you know when i read your book the end of america i can't tell you what an impact that's had on me i mean i we brought it up the last two times we had you on and I think you last one of your recent interviews, I think you said we were in stage 10, which is like the final. But 
cycles tend to repeat and, and kind of rhyme. What would it take if you were going to visualize things? And I'm first, I'm glad you told it like it is. You're glad you said where things are because I want people to you know take more action. But what do you think it would take for uh, the rebirth of freedom to occur in the U.S.? What, what, what would what would that look like? Because maybe because people don't even see it, they can't anticipate it, or they they, they don't know what it look like. So, what would you say would be a, yeah. a rebirth where the cycle kind of starts over again, and maybe you know we experience freedom that our ancestors once did? Yeah, I mean, you're asking very deep questions, Ryan. And um, you know, up until now, I've been saying, well, you guys have to organize, and you have to, you know lobby representatives and you have to read history but honestly I'm so heartsick and kind of disgusted at the cowardice and lassitude that I'm seeing around me except for a very very few brave souls that I'm going to leave this at this point I, I literally just have to say this is a spiritual question your listeners have to ask themselves they need to look themselves in the mirror and say like I mean, honestly, I think evil is loose in the world. I think that, you know, someone, an activist I really admire sent me a quote when I said, like, how do you keep going? And he said, um, you know, that quote from the New Testament, I'm Jewish, but I don't care. I'll take wisdom wherever I can find it. You know, um, we battle not against flesh and blood alone, but against principalities and powers and evil in high places. And I honestly think in addition to the material politics, I think that that is is going on in the world like the scale of this is evil we have not seen since the holocaust you know and i'm jewish and my grandmother's brothers and sisters died in the holocaust so i i can say this it is holocaust level coordination of evil it hasn't manifested yet in the holocaust but it's a holocaust of freedom you know in, in nation after nation and millions and millions of people so that's one like you guys listening you know you need to talk to your creator and decide what side you're going to be on. It, it's really down to that. It's good or evil. And, and who will you walk with? So, Dr. Naomi Wolf, thank you. I love that last answer. And uh, anyone listening, again, you know, meditate, pray, do whatever you can. All beings welcome to descend in the fight against uh, good versus evil because this is the battle of our lifetimes. You learn more about Dr. Wolf by going to dailyclout.io. Also want to check out your YouTube channel, and we will post a link. Dr. Wolf, thank you for all that you do. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guests. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor. Miss Constance Dallas and our social producer Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>